The Roma Wine Company of Fresno, California presents... Suspense! Tonight, Roma Wines bring you the suspenseful play called Fear Paints a Picture, starring Miss Lana Turner. Suspense is presented for your enjoyment by Roma Wines. That's R-O-M-A, Roma Wines. Those excellent California wines that can add so much pleasantness to the way you live, to your happiness in entertaining guests, to your enjoyment of everyday meals. Yes, right now a glass full would be very pleasant, as Roma Wines bring you a remarkable tale of suspense. And with fear paints a picture, and with the performance of Hollywood's most glamorous young star, Miss Lana Turner, Roma Wines hope indeed to keep you in suspense. There is a picture hanging on a wall. You look at it casually, an extraordinary picture. You'll say he's skillfully done. Hmm. Look at those fine brush strokes. Look at those superb colors. But isn't the subject matter a little bizarre? something more than just bizarre. You see, <laughs> it was that picture that first convinced me that I was insane. But let me begin from the beginning. In his last will and testament, my father made me heir to all his considerable fortune, except that, uh, well, here, you read the will. Uh, <coughs> I, Benjamin Powell, hereby request that after my death, my daughter Julia live in my old San Francisco house with Mr. Harvey Lyons, my lifelong friend, until her 23rd birthday, at which date all my worldly belongings will come into her possession, provided that nothing untoward happens to her by that time. But in the event that she is incapable of taking over my estate upon her 23rd birthday, I hereby appoint Harvey and Laura Lyons as my final heirs, there being no other living blood relatives, and trust to their judgment that they will take care of Julia adequately and with kindness. Signed, Benjamin Powell. Three months later, seated around the huge, ornate fireplace of that dark, musty living room, we were three silent people. Harvey was reading his newspaper, Laura was knitting with nibbled fingers, and I... I stared with unseeing eyes at an open book. You're not reading, Julia. I, uh... I'm not concentrating. Are you feeling all right, dear? Oh, yes, yes, I'm all right. You do look a little tired, Julia. Perhaps you'd better get some rest. I'm not tired, Harvey. I... I've been wanting to ask you... In a week, Julia will be 23. Isn't that wonderful, Harvey? Next Tuesday is her birthday. Why, well, yes, think... we'll have a party. I'll get old Tom and his fiddle, and we'll have a real old-fashioned party. Harvey, huh? what did Father mean by the will? The will? Perhaps you'd better go to bed. You look a little pale, Julia. The will said that I might not be able to take over the estate by my 23rd birthday. What does it mean? Well, I don't remember that, I... 
I didn't read the, the will very carefully. Oh, yes, you did, Harvey. You know what I'm talking about. Perhaps we'd better discuss it in the morning. You're tired. It's no use, Laura. I've got to know. No, you're a very high-strung girl, Julia. And I'd rather not upset you before bedtime. Upset me? You, well, you sort of get moody very often. Now, Julia. Harvey. Laura, I'm not going to bed until I find out what all this means. I've got to find out. You don't like your room, do you? No. No, I don't. It, it's big. The wallpaper. I I don't like the pictures on the wall. There's nothing wrong with a big room. Everyone prefers a large room. Everyone likes pictures on the wall. Well, maybe it's the kind of pictures. Yes, it's the pictures. They, they rub me the wrong way. You see, your feelings about things are different. Different from the, uh, the feelings of normal people. Oh. Normal people? I can't stand this torturous way of telling her. I'll tell you, Julia. Your mother died in an asylum. She went mad after her 23rd year. It's been in the family for generations. But I never saw my mother. I, I thought... We didn't want to tell you this. I wish you hadn't. But you forced us. You mean I'm liable to become insane? Well, you see, any one of us can become insane. I... There's I... nothing wrong with me. I'm perfectly all right. I'm as sane as anyone. Being high-strung doesn't make me mad. I don't like it here. I don't like this house. I'm sane. I'm sane. Of course you are, Julia. There's nothing the matter with you. You'll be all right. Your father wasn't sure, that's all. You're as sane as any one of us. Come along. I'll take you to your room. We'll have a cup of tea together. How is she, Laura? She's calmed down. Is she asleep? No, Harvey, she's reading. Well, that must be Dr. Barrow. I'll open the door. How do you do, Mr. Lyons? Is it Dr. Barrow? That's right. This is my wife, Laura. How do you do? I'm glad to meet you, Doctor. Let me take your things. We'll have your room ready in a few minutes. Thank you. It's very good of you. Here, sit down, sit down. Make yourself comfortable. Well, thank you. I will. Well, how's Julia? Oh, she's been very moody lately. Very moody. Hmm? I've heard her talking to herself very often. Well, that's nothing. All of us talk to ourselves once in a while. Uh, I don't know, Doctor. I don't think she's very stable. Mr. Powell described Julia's case to me just before he died. I had occasion to observe her just once. You knew Mr. Powell well? Oh, yes. For quite a number of years, I treated his wife. Poor Mrs. Powell. She went mad. And now poor Julia... I wouldn't make that comparison, Mr. Lyons. So far, there's no basis for any such theory. Well, then, Julia just has strong dislikes. Took a hate to the pictures in her room. Oh, pictures, eh? I'd, uh, I'd like to go up and see her if she's not asleep. Well, I guess it's all right. She's not asleep yet. Her room's the second from the right, as you reach the top of the stairs. Thank you. I'll just stop in for a few minutes. Come in. Hello, Julia. You remember me, don't you? No. No, not exactly. I, I, I guess maybe I've seen your face. I, I don't know. I'm Dr. Barrow, a friend of your father's. I treated your mother. My mother? Now, now, don't be alarmed. I'm staying with your guardians for a few weeks. I'm sure you're going to be all right. Do you mind if I come in for a few minutes, hmm? No. No, I guess not. 
Well, this is a fine room, Julia. A very comfortable one. I don't like it. It's too big. It, it makes me lonely. Oh, nonsense. You're just imaginative. You think someone might be hiding in here while you're asleep, don't you now, huh? It isn't that. Don't you like that picture, Julia? What, what picture? The one you're staring at. Oh, it's an unpleasant picture. It gives me nightmares. Look at it. That frightful-looking man about to come through the doorway. And the unsuspecting girl sitting in a chair with her back towards him. <laughs> He's not frightful-looking at all. It's just a black scarf around his neck. He's about to kill her. You certainly have a vivid imagination. I'm sure the artist had no such idea in mind. That picture has a horrible fascination for me. I, I just can't take my eyes away from it. Why, well, last night I, I dreamed that the man in the picture came through the door with a knife in his hands and, and killed the girl. Oh, it was an awful dream. It was only a dream. But if I take that painting off the wall, Julia, you'll find other things to be afraid of, dear. You've got to conquer your fears or they'll conquer you, Julia. Now, now, you do as I say. Forget about this picture. Get a good night's sleep. There's nothing like a good night's sleep to lift the spirits. If the picture fascinates you, well, keep on looking at it. But don't be afraid of it, Julia. Will you do that now? Hmm? Well, yes, Dr. Barrow, if you say so. Ah, that's fine. I'll see you in the morning. Good night, Julia. Good night. <laughs> Now, Roma Wines bring back to our Hollywood soundstage Lana Turner as Julia Powell in Fear Paints a Picture, a tale well calculated to keep you in suspense. About midnight in my room, the large room with its many pictures, I was dreaming. Dreaming again of the man in the picture. And the figure with the flowing black scarf was alive. And his hands grew longer and longer. And there were footsteps. Footsteps over my head. And then, then I was awake. Wide awake, with my eyes staring at it. And on the wall, I... Oh! Oh! <laughs> Julia, what's happened? What are you doing out here in the hall? Get yourself together, Julia. Oh, that man, that man. What man? The man in the picture, he's moved. What do you mean? The picture, the man at the door. He's not at the door. He's inside the room. Oh, you must have been dreaming. He screams. Ju Julia, what's happened to you? He moved. I saw it. He's not outside the door anymore. He's inside. Now, 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 Julia, let, let's... It wasn't a dream. The thunder woke me. And I heard footsteps coming from the ceiling, and then I looked at the picture. The picture I told you I didn't like, Doctor. The man was inside the room. That's hardly possible, Julia. Figures in pictures can't move. Of course not. It was just a bad dream. No, it's true. I saw it. All right, come along, Julia. We'll all take a look at the picture. Oh, no. No, I, I don't want to go back into the room. Now, there's nothing to be afraid of. We'll all go with you, dear. Oh. Yes, come on, Julia. Don't be frightened. You've got to fight off these delusions. Here, give me your hand. Come along. Now, which picture is it? The one, the one near the bed. Oh, yes, the picture by Ralph Powell. Your family was always very proud of it. Well, there it is. It's the same as I saw it a few hours ago. Look at it, Julia. 
Well, I can't believe it. The man with the black scarf is still outside the door. And will stay there, Julia, until the picture crumbles to dust. Oh, but I... I was so sure. I I saw him inside the room, approaching the girl, and, and then the footsteps... Dreams can be very vivid, and there are no footsteps coming from the storeroom. Oh, I, I must be out of my mind. I could have sworn... If Julia wants to, I'll take the picture out of her room. No, no, I don't think it's wise. Julia, you, you will have to fight these unreasonable fears. Never give in to them. I'll go crazy if I keep looking at that picture. It might be the other way around, Julia. If you run away from it, the mental disease prevalent in your family will take a firm hold in you. Hmm? You'll get worse and worse, as Dr. Barrow says, until you'll be afraid of your own shadow. No. You'll be afraid of everything, of everyone you meet. No. Afraid to be alone, afraid to be with people, afraid of yourself, no. afraid of your own clutching fingers. No, no, don't tell me anymore. Please, Mr. Lyons, please. There's no need for this kind of talk. Look at the picture, Julia. It's nothing but some paint on a canvas with a frame around it. There's nothing about it that can harm you. The danger lies in yourself. You've got to keep staring at it as often as you can, by candlelight, in the dark, uh, until you've learned to laugh at it. It won't be easy. Well, uh, I'll try. That's fine. I knew you had courage. I'll get you a sedative so that you'll be able to sleep. Oh, but uh, I'll be all right in the morning. I, I'm sure I'll be all right. And I was all right for a few days. The figure in the picture remained motionless, and I heard no more footsteps. Until one evening... Well, Julia, it's 11 o'clock, and you know what Dr. Barrow says. I'm not at all sleepy, Laura. I, I'd much rather stay up for a while. You see, I'm in the middle of a fascinating Is story. Is anything that... wrong, Julia? Well, no. No, of course not. Everything's fine, Laura. You're afraid to go to sleep, aren't you, Julia, dear? No. No, it isn't that. Is that picture bothering you again? Oh, yes. Last night, I heard footsteps again. The sound woke me in the figure in the picture. It moved. It moved closer to the girl. Oh, how terrible. We thought you were over it. Well, I took some sleeping tablets and I fell asleep again. And in the morning, well, the picture was the same as ever. I see. Oh, Laura, do... Do you think I'm crazy? Oh, of course not. You're as sane as I am. Tell me the truth. I must know. Well, you're just nervous and high-strung. And you have a vivid imagination, and that's all. Oh, you're trying to soothe me. Why didn't you tell the doctor that you thought the picture moved again? Well, I... I was ashamed. You shouldn't be ashamed. Dr. Barrow is here to help you get well, and I'm sure that... Uh, hello, Laura. Well, I've arranged to have old Tom and his fiddle here tomorrow night for Julia's birthday. And I've invited the Grovers, and they'll be delighted to come. That is, if Julia's feeling well. Julia, you should be in bed. It's after 11. She's afraid to go to sleep. Oh, please, Laura. It's uh, the picture again, isn't it? Yes, Doctor. It moved again. At, at least I thought it moved. Oh, but I went back to sleep. Well, well, that's an improvement. You didn't get hysterical and try to run away like the last time. Come, Julia. I'll go with you to your room. Um... Perhaps Laura can sleep in my room tonight. Hmm? Oh, just tonight. You see, I'll feel a lot more comfortable. And tomorrow night, well, I'll be able to face it alone much better. Well, Julia, that would be an admission of defeat, you know. But if you... Oh, well, all right. If you think it's best. 
Good night. Good night, Julia. Keep up your courage. It doesn't look so good, does it, Doctor? Well, uh, not too good, but it's not hopeless. She has an unstable, imaginative mind subject to delusions which become very real to her. Oh, her obsession about the picture's not so bad. We all suffer occasionally from optical illusions. But hearing footsteps coming from the storeroom above her... The storeroom? Uh, How did you know there's a storeroom above her? Why, your wife told me about it. Oh, of course. Well, that storeroom hasn't been open in years. I guess there's no point in investigating it, is there? No, I don't think so. Those footsteps, like the moving figure in the painting, are all in her mind. Oh, her mother behaved just like that before she went mad, didn't she? Well, there's some similarity in... Say, you haven't been to the storeroom recently, have you? No, no, I just mentioned to you that it hasn't been open in years. Oh, yes, yes, so you did, so you did. Oh, I just hope that Julia will be all well for her party tomorrow. Well, I had no idea she was having a birthday. How old will she be? She'll be 23. Really? Well, I must remember to get her a gift. <laughs> well, I guess I'll go to bed. So will I. See you in the morning. But I wasn't thinking about my birthday. When I stood alone inside my own room, panic, black, unreasoning panic began to take hold of me. In wild haste, I, I began to undress, never looking at the picture and, <laughs> and talking to myself. Yes, talking to myself all the while. Now, now, I won't look at it. I'll, I'll take some pills and fall asleep. All I have to do is keep from looking at the picture. It can't do me any harm. If I don't see it, I, I mustn't even think of it. I know, I'll, I'll think about the trip I made to South America. Oh, it was a wonderful trip. The sunsets and... What was that? Footsteps. Those footsteps again. But I mustn't hear it. I, I mustn't hear it. It was a wonderful trip. The blue Caribbean and... And oh, Rio is a beautiful city. And Sugarloaf Mountain. And the music and, and the dancing. Why, it, it's not the footsteps. It's... It's just my heart beating. I know. I'll close my eyes. Oh, please, please let me sleep. I don't want to look at the picture. I won't. I know what I'll see. He'll be closer to her. And maybe he'll have killed her. Oh, but I mustn't open my eyes. I mustn't. I won't. I... I... Oh, but I've... Look at it. Oh! He has moved. He's closer to the girl. I'm not dreaming. It's real. The girl. Why, it's me. That girl is me. Me, I. I can't stand it. I. I can't. I can't. Julia! Oh, you poor, poor dear girl. Oh, well, it's the oh. same thing, Laura, again oh. and again. I tried not to look at the picture, Laura. I tried so very hard, but it was hopeless. I had to. And the figure with the black scarf was inside the room, a knife in his hands, very close to the girl. But this time, the, the girl had turned around, and, and it was my face. My face. Did you hear any footsteps? Yes. 
Yes, I heard them as soon as I got into the room, but... But the picture, it's... It's the same. It hasn't changed. Look at it. Yes, the picture doesn't seem to have... What's the matter, Laura? Uh, nothing. Nothing at all. There. There, did you hear it? Footsteps. It's probably a board creaking. Now you go to sleep. I think everything will be all right in the morning. Oh, and you won't leave me? No, Julia. I'll stay here till you fall asleep. Oh, thank you, Laura. Thank you very much. <laughs> Laura, is that you? Laura? Well, she's gone. She's left me alone. But I... I'm not alone. Something woke me. The picture. I... It's the picture. I must look at it again. If he's moved again. Oh, but I must look straight at it. I'll look straight at at it. Oh! Why, he... He's killed a girl. He stabbed her. He stabbed me. I'm the girl. And I've got to get out. Out! Oh. Oh, and now you're here. Why, you... You've come to life. In my room... The man in the black scarf. You... What do you want me to do? No. No, I, I won't run away. And I won't scream. What are you asking me? Do I want to spend the rest of my life in an asylum like my mother? No. No, I don't. I don't. You... You want me to open the window? Why, yes. Yes, I'll open it. There. You say... You say it would be best for everybody if I jump? Oh, yes. It's the only way out. The only way, and... I'll do it. I'll do it now without even thinking it. It will, will only take a, a moment. Julia, stop, stop, Julia. Harvey, Laura, what are you doing? We came just in time. I've got her, Harvey. She's safe. I, I, I'm safe? Oh. You can come out from behind that chair, my friend. Friend? Come out or I'll shoot. I, I don't understand. My, my head's going around in a I circle. I can explain everything. I was merely observing, Julia. The procedure was a little unusual, I'll admit. I'll do the explaining, Dr. Barrow. You tried to drive Julia crazy. He, he tried to drive me crazy? That's right. He tried to do it with the picture. You're all making a serious mistake. A mistake? Look at the picture. The figure is inside the room stabbing the girl. No, it wasn't your imagination, Julia. He painted several pictures, each one of them the, the figure closer to the girl. He used the storeroom upstairs. That's why you heard footsteps. I got suspicious when I found a black scarf in his room. And when I looked at the picture a little while ago, it was full of dust. I had dusted it off myself a few hours just before. Yes, and Dr. Barrow seemed to know there was a storeroom above you. 
I couldn't understand how he knew that. Because this old house of your father's has been closed for years. Oh, but why? Why should he want to drive me crazy? Because he's not Dr. Barrow. What? He's Ra Ralph Powell, your cousin, who disappeared many years ago. Everyone thought he was dead. He painted the picture originally, so it was easy for him. His plan was to drive you insane. Then contest the will, since he's the nearest blood relative. I had no intention of killing Julia. I swear I didn't. I just wanted to frighten her. Why, I almost... I almost jumped out of the window. I... I might have been dead right now, lying dead outside. Well, don't think about it, Julia, dear. It's all over now. You're all right. You mean I, I'm not insane? Oh, why, of course not, Julia. Oh, I almost forgot why it's Thursday. Why, yes. <laughs> Happy birthday, Julia. Yes. How does it feel to be 23 years old? <laughs> it, it feels... Wonderful. And so closes Fear Paints a Picture, in which Roma Wines have brought you Lana Turner as star of tonight's study in Suspense. Suspense is produced, edited, and directed by William Spear. You are listening to Horror Radio X, 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 The Strange Dr. Weird. Good evening. Come in, won't you? Why, what's the matter? You seem a bit nervous. Perhaps the cemetery outside this house has upset you. But there are things far worse than cemeteries. For instance, a woman with murder in her heart is in my story tonight. A story I call The Voice of Death. story, The Voice of Death, begins in the snow-covered wilderness of Canada. In a high, narrow canyon, a man and woman on skis sit resting on the trunk of a fallen tree, catching their breath. Blanche, I, I can't tell you how sorry I am that Uncle John didn't leave you anything in his will. Well, there's nothing to be sorry about, Gerald. After all, I was only your Uncle John's second cousin. Well, I only wish Jane and Dan had taken it as well. They certainly were downcast after the reading of the will this morning. Naturally. They were your uncle's niece and nephew, too, and they had hoped to share the estate with you. You can't blame them for being disappointed. No, I suppose not. We'd better be starting back to the lodge. I can see you're a little uneasy about being in this canyon. Well, isn't it a bit dangerous being here? Look at the way the snow's piled up above us on both slopes of this canyon. If there was a snow slide, we'd be buried alive. It isn't that dangerous. Of course, a loud noise or someone shouting might start a slide. Come on, look. There's some sort of scientific explanation for that, isn't there? Hmm? I mean, vibrations set up by the voice? Yes, that's right. I've often stood outside the mouth of the canyon and started snow slides in here by shouting. Snow slide must be quite a sight. Hundreds of tons of snow roaring and crashing down. Oh, it is. <laughs> you can breathe easily now. We're out of danger. Oh, dear. Blew something? 
Oh, yes, my camera. I think I left it back on the trunk of the tree we were sitting on. Oh, Gerald, would you mind getting it for me? No, of course not, Blaine. You say it's on the trunk of the tree? Yes, yes, that's right. Do uh, you see it, Gerald? No, Blaine, I don't. Well, perhaps it fell into the snow. Look around. I am looking. But I don't see any sign of it. Grant, 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 It's so horrible. Gerald buried under all that snow. Perhaps we should have stayed into the canyon until they found the body. Oh, nonsense, Jane. There's nothing we could have done there. Dan and I will share Uncle John's estate now. But I'd gladly give up my share if it would bring Gerald back alive. Oh, I know you would, dear. Uh, we crossed the river here, Jane. But, but the ice looks so thin. Frank, we didn't cross here on the way to the canyon, did we? Uh, no, dear. This is a shortcut. Blanche, it looks too dangerous. It looks important. I'll tell you what I'll cross first. Blanche, I wish you wouldn't. That ice is going to break any minute. Nonsense. See, I'm already halfway across. I can see cracks in the ice under your ski. So can I. But the ice is still strong enough to support me. There, see? I made it. All right, Jane, your turn now. Blanche, I... I'm frightened. Darling, there's nothing to be afraid of. Now, come along. Well, all right. Look, you better take off your skis. I think you'll find it easier to walk than ski over the ice. You're not as good a skier as I am, you know. Oh, very well, Blanche, if you say so. Hurry, dear, it'll soon be dark. I've got them off now. Here I come. That's it. I told you the ice would hold you. Blanche, the ice feels as though it's going to give way under me any second. Oh, it felt the same way when I crossed it. As you see, I managed to get Blanche, here. The ice is breaking. Come on. Blanche, I, I, I can't swim. Blanche, don't let me go. Poor Jane. She should have known better than to take off her skis before crossing the ice. Well, now that leaves only Dan. Will Blanche succeed in getting rid of Dan? Will she get Uncle John's estate? Will Dr. Weir be back to tell us about the rest of this chilling tale? Yes. Yes, I'll be back. But with all these questions, aren't you going to ask one about... Adam Hatz? No, Doctor, I'm not. You see, there are no questions about Adam Hatz because Adam is unquestionably the finest hat value in America today. Seriously, every Adam, regardless of price, offers outstanding quality in workmanship, choice of material, attention to detail. The style features of Adam are just as remarkable. Tailored and blocked by experts in an amazing variety of distinctive shapes and shades, Adam hats offer the latest word in smart fashion. No man can afford to neglect the appearance of his headgear. 
every man can afford an Adam. Now, let's see what chills the rest of your story will afford, Dr. Weir. And now to continue my story, The Voice of Death. It is the day following the tragic death of Gerald and Jane. In the living room of the luxurious lodge of the late John Drake, are Blanche, Dan, and Sidney Rand, attorney for the estate. There is a strange look in Mr. Rand's eyes as he speaks to Blanche. All I can say is it looks very odd, Blanche. First you go skiing with Gerald and he dies under a snowslide. And a few hours later, while alone with you, Jane drowns crossing a river. I don't like your attitude, Mr. Rand. You act as though I caused their death. Blanche is right, Mr. Rand. You haven't any right to say that. The village coroner said their death were accidental. I know what the village coroner said. But that doesn't mean that I have to agree. Well, look, it's, it's five o'clock now. If you don't stop at the station right now, you're going to miss your train. Dan, won't you change your mind and come with me? No. I told you I'm staying up here for another week. I, I need the rest. I just hope you won't find permanent rest up here. And just what do you mean by that? Just this. If anything were to happen to you, Blanche would be heir to everything. Think it over. Oh, Dan, you don't believe I had anything to do with their deaths, do you? Of course not, Blanche. It's absurd to think that you could have been to blame in any way. Four days passed. Days in which steadily falling snow kept Blanche and Dan cooped up in the lodge. With each day that passed, Blanche seemed increasingly nervous and jumpy for no reason that was apparent to Dan. When the fifth day dawned bright and fair, Dan suggested a long ski run, and Blanche eagerly agreed. After skiing a few minutes, she called out, Dan! Dan, we aren't going through the canyon, are we? Why, of course we are. Dan, let's go around it this time. Oh, that's three miles further on. What's wrong with going through the canyon? Oh, uh, is it because that's where Gerald died? Yes, I, I guess that's it, Dan. Now, look, I, I hope you aren't brooding about Gerald's death. Blanche, you mustn't be. I, I'm not brooding, but I... Dan, have you heard a voice calling outside the house the last few nights? A voice? Yes. I've waked up several times thinking I heard Gerald's voice calling out in the storm. Blanche, look, you, you heard the wind howling. Now, come on, will you? You've got to get through the canyon. That's the only way to conquer your nerves. Girl, now only another couple of hundred yards and we'll be out of the canyon. Oh, let's hurry, Dan. This is where it happened. Come on along, then, if you want to hurry. It's Gerald. Gerald's voice. Blanche, come on. I don't. It's just my imagination. Blanche, come along. Help me! Help me! Help me! Help me! 
later, as Dan stared stunned at the spot where Blanche had vanished beneath tons of snow, Mr. Rand, the lawyer, came skiing up to him from around an outcropping of rock. Dan, you fool! You were so close to that snow slide, you almost killed yourself. Mr. Rand, she's dead. She's buried under all that snow. Yes, I know. Well, you heard her confess, didn't you? Yes, but when I agreed to follow the instructions you left for me in the mailbox, I, I never dreamed it would end like this. I kept on telling myself she was innocent. Yes, but she wasn't. I knew all along she couldn't be. That's why I made her think I was clearing out. Instead, I went down to the gamekeeper's cottage by the lake. That's where I've been the last few days. Yes, I guess that after I got your first note asking you not to show any surprise no matter what happened. But, Mr. Rand, the, the voice that Blanche heard in the night and the voice just now, I could have sworn it was Gerald's voice. I counted on that. I knew Gerald well. And vocal limitations are a sort of a power trick of mine. My scheme was a wild one, Dan. But it was the only possibility of getting a confession from her. Those murders she committed were perfect. Two perfect murders. And she was so beautiful. Her own screams brought down a snowslide that killed her. And I don't think all the judges in the world could have found a more fitting punishment than the one her own conscience provided. bad about poor Blanche, wasn't it? It looks as though the man who said the female of the species is more deadly than the male knew what he was talking about. By the way, if you're an heir and you know someone who stands to gain by your death, I'd be very careful to stay away from... Oh, you have to go now? Perhaps you'll drop in on me again soon. Just look for the house. On the other side of the cemetery, the house of Dr. Weir. Until next time. Oh!